for all things, for all things KC, KC, for everything Chiefs. It's always, it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Kinnearum and Cody Tapp. Happy Friday. Welcome to the It's Always Game Day in Kansas City podcast. Thank you, as always, for joining us. And make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. I am your host, Kayla Canaram. Joining me is my co-host, Cody Tapp, and producer, Nick Schwartz, who basically is a co-host. So when do we stop calling you a producer and call you producer slash co-host, Nick? No, I like I like producer because then like maybe you expect less of me so I can... I can <laughs> oh, okay. Expectations. It's a little trick. By the way, as a warning for the beginning of this podcast, my son is playing with my daughter's uh, catapult, <laughs> so I can't be sure that that's going to be there. She built it in her gifted program. It shoots tiny little, uh, it shoots tiny little candy pumpkins. So if I get whipped with one at the beginning of this podcast, <laughs> you'll understand why. See, Kayla, I think the real question you should have let off with is when do Cody's children officially become co-hosts? Members title true yes they are, they are heavily featured maybe in more um background roles but they they have been a mainstay of it's always game day in kc they like to be a feature piece of any um any piece of media that i'm a part of so they're happy they're happy to be in here the other one the daughter's still in school for now while we're recording this but desmond's got at least a few more minutes before he's gone well i'll have my snoopy cheers on standby for them <laughs> yeah that's good smart <laughs> All right, we've got a lot to dive into as we gear up for this Sunday game against the 49ers. But first, we've got to start where the major talking point is right now, and that is Odell Beckham Jr. The rumors are heating up, you guys. On Tuesday, it was announced that Travis Kelsey's contract had been reworked to free up some cap space. We got Travis talking about it on his new Heights podcast with his brother saying he's heard the rumors and he hopes that they're true. Obviously, OBJ coming off that ACL injury following the Super Bowl, free agent. Do we think he ends up in Kansas City? I no. Oh God. I, you know, no, it's not like, really? look, it's not that I don't think it can happen, but I feel like this is kind of the way that we went through this last year. I think that he was seriously considering Kansas city. It was in the running, but I, I do think that there's a certain amount of some athletes that prefer the big cities. He's played in Cleveland. He had his pick of the litter last year, including Kansas city he ended up in LA. I don't know that it's not that he would give Kansas City no consideration. I think winning is really important to him. If you trust anything, he's been clapping back on social media for anybody who might have said he left town ungraciously in previous stops. So, I mean, I, I think there's something real there. I think he's really interested here. But if you're making me say it's definitively going to be Kansas City he ends up in versus any of the other markets that are going to be vying for him, including Baltimore and L.A. again and Green Bay, even though that's not a big city, I don't feel like I'm willing to handicap it towards Kansas City yet just because they move some money around. Yeah, when you look at the list of teams that are being linked to him, I think it was Marcus Spears of ESPN who had tweeted out, you know, the, the same names we've all been sort of linking to Odell, which is the Packers, the Rams, the Bills, the Chiefs, and I think the Ravens. Odell responded himself and said, we see eye to eye. So he is basically telling you, or telling the world more accurately, whenever I sign, it's going to be for a good team with a great quarterback, right? That is basically his criteria. So if you know that that's what he's interested in, I would think the Bills would have just as good of a shot as the Chiefs do. Like if I'm handicapping it, I would probably put the Bills at the top of the list. Because imagine if you're, if you're a free agent wide receiver and you just saw the Chiefs and the Bills 
face off on Sunday afternoon, you'd say, well, one of these teams maybe looks to be just a step ahead of the next. And if he's sure. ring chasing, if he's ring chasing, then it'd be easier for me to make the case for Buffalo over Kansas City than vice versa. Simply because it looks like one team's maybe a little bit farther along and figuring out who they are. Although I would make the argument that that's kind of where Kansas, I don't know, Kansas City has such that weird middle part of the season. There were teams to me that looked further ahead than the Chargers last year when Odell signed with them, right? Like they didn't look like clearly the best team in the NFL at the time they did. I mean, Cooper Cup was great. And obviously they were having a lot more success than um, they had in previous years. And the Stafford thing was all working. But to me, it's not like that they were some unstoppable juggernaut Nick that couldn't be controlled under any circumstances at that time. But I, I still think, yeah, the bills just kind of make sense. I think the only pitch. So Nick, you said, if I'm pitching a free agent wide receiver, what's the appeal of us versus them? Because normally almost uh, 99% of the time you would just say, uh, Mahomes, we have him. So that that's our appeal. Like when you're pitching Juju Smith Schuster, right? But in the case of them, Josh Allen's a pretty good pitch. That's not a huge drop off. That's not like it's going to be a deterrent to say, oh, sorry, you're stuck with Josh Allen. You're not stuck with, uh, you know, Matt Stafford, you know, or whatever. It doesn't really matter the, the, the quarterback. But I still think Andy Reid's a better selling point. Am I wrong there? Like if I weren't, you know, like if I just left Sean McVay, a really good, innovative, smart head coach who does nothing but win, I am guaranteed to win with Andy Reid. That's all he does. He wins divisions. He plays in AFC title games. I don't think players care. Care about what? I don't think I, I never have gotten the sense that aside from Patrick Mahomes, these guys all have super personal relationships with Andy Reid. I, I don't think no, that I'm just talking about from a good coaching perspective. Wouldn't that matter to you if if the quarterback does? No, not not if you know that you're only choosing between good teams. No one's going to say like, mm, I'm worried Sean McDermott sucks. First off, he's a defensive minded head coach, so you're not spending much time with him anyway. The second you just look at the recent history, the Bills have won a ton of games. Of late. So I feel like this is where we get into it is like thinking about the things that we talk about on the outside in media and sports media versus what players think about. And I honestly, I think the, the decision making is much more simpler than we make it out to seem. It doesn't mean the decision itself is, is easier, but I think the process by which they make that decision is easier. I think they're just saying, okay, where can I win? Good offense that I can learn. I'm going to get some targets. I'm going to get some shine. I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to make money. I think, I, I don't think that they, they dive as deep and well, do I like the coach as much? What about the history? You know, I think they just, they just look at the offense and they look at the quarterback. Look, I don't think the bills history, like I helped the Rams get back to the Super Bowl and win it. And I'm going to do the same thing for the bills. I very seriously, I'm not saying that's never factored into an athlete's mind. But I seriously doubt that is. But if I'm just weighing best team, I feel like coach should be a part of that conversation. Like, I know that the Bills just won that game. And it's why I would handicap it. Bills won because they've won. Um, Chiefs, two, And then I would put the other two teams below that. The Rams probably at this point dead last, despite the fact he signed with them last year, because what's their appeal? They seem Apparently lost. they lowballed him. Yeah, they've lowballed him. and. And he like they're bringing him in to be like the savior savior. Not like last year where it's just like, hey, man, just come in here and be a part of a good thing we got going on. They're bringing him in to be like, please fix us. Fix our offense. We're broken. 
And we need anything we can to solve that problem. That's not the Chiefs. That's not the Bills. Hell, to a point, that might be more Packers as well because who do they have at wide receiver? They're out here throwing it to a bunch of guys they don't trust. And, you know, like, they still got Randall Cobb on the roster. Aaron Rodgers was talking about, like, that was a major loss for their offense, and he wasn't wrong. It kind of is. So, like, the Chiefs should be the most appealing or second most appealing team. But if you're just making me guess right now, Kayla, it's hard to just, like, blanket predict that he ends up here. I obviously think he's going to end up on a Super Bowl contending roster, and I hope that if it's not the Chiefs, it's in the NFC, but I think it's just as likely it's Buffalo. I have so many follow-up questions and thoughts. Um, I think it's absolutely Chiefs first. I, why would you not want to join this offense and kind of take the role of what we had with Tyreek? Like he could be the guy here. And you mentioned the cities. Like who wants to go to Buffalo? <laughs> Kansas City looks much better than Buffalo, in my opinion. Well, um, to be also, fair, he'll only have to spend a couple months there, right? Well, that's true. Yeah. Yes, worst, worst month to spend in Buffalo, but still, not a great yes. month to spend in Kansas City. In fairness, December. That's true. But I just think this team is much more appealing than, I mean, I know you've got Buffalo who's looking to get their, you know, Super Bowl, but yeah, I think it's hands down Kansas City first, especially like even if you just Google his name right now, we're the headline for every single yeah. article. I Taylor, think that- let me ask you this because Cody, I think would probably admit that he is easily excitable. <laughs> a free agent or trade target is being linked to Kansas City. I do like so, to bring them up. That's same. When you hear like over the past year. Okay. So that's what, that was what I was going to ask you. Like the LaShawn McCoy, the Le'Veon Bell, the Josh Gordons, anytime that they're linked to Kansas city, do you get really excited? Yep. I do this in the NBA too. When Oklahoma <laughs> city lost Kevin Durant and we had PG 13 come, we had Paul, uh, who else? I'm blanking. But whenever we had a big name come to join Ross, I was so excited. I get excited about these things, even oh, if they're just rumors. Yeah. First of all, thank you. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm super jazzed about this. How much of an influence do other players have? Like, are they allowed to? Because I know in NBA, this happens all throughout free- the summer and offseason. They're always, yeah, free agency. They're always I mean, doing what yeah. they can to, Blake Griffin, lock someone in a room for hours. Do players, are they like texting OBJ on the side? Like, hey, yes. come to us. 100%. Von Miller has openly admitted that, I think. I think Von Miller's like, oh, we talk all the time. So, I mean, oh, I, don't I don't know who he kids. Yeah, well, they did play on a Super Bowl <laughs> winning team last year together. It's not it's not helpful. Um, and I don't think anybody on the Chiefs roster was playing for the Super Bowl win with Odell last year or hell, even played with him in New York. I don't know that there's a single Odell connection other than the Chiefs are good. And that's why he always considers them. I actually think the loss to the Bills this past weekend helps us in getting him because I think he would want to be the game changer. And when we'll face them, hopefully in the playoffs. Um, how much do you guys think he would actually indeed help the offense? Oh, I, I think he helps. Um, like whether he ends up here in Kansas City or wherever he ends up. I, I've been pretty staunch in my thought that if he had chosen Kansas City last year, they win the Super Bowl. And because he chose the Rams, they did. So while I don't think that he's like adding Tyreek Hill in the middle of the season, Odell is a very valuable player. And I think the most important thing is he does something in this offense. Nobody does. He's big. Like, you know, he's strong. He's not like six foot five, but he's, he's strong. He's a red zone wide receiver threat. 
their wide receivers right now combined have a couple of touchdowns. They're just all going to Kelsey or the running backs or the other tight ends. So he's an actual wide receiver as a red zone threat. He runs as good a routes as Juju Smith-Schuster. They don't have any other anybody other on the roster that runs a route that well that they could use. And it provides even more mystery for who they're going to throw to, which is the current biggest thing in their offense is, hey, you don't know what we're going to throw to, so now you're going to have to guess, other than Kelsey. So if you add Odell, it adds a wrinkle. I don't know that they're just like infinitely better with Odell Beckham Jr., but in my mind, there's no doubt that they are better if he joins the team. Yeah, he didn't put up great numbers in the regular season last year. I think it was he played he played for the Rams for half a season. He had like 300 yeah. yards and five touchdowns. And then in the postseason, he had 288 yards and two touchdowns and obviously got injured in the Super Bowl against the Bengals. I think from a talent perspective, he helps this team. But I think it's far, it's not maybe not far-fetched, but it is going to be difficult for him to A, learn the playbook, B, develop a rapport with Patrick Mahomes, and C, do it all while rehabbing from another ACL tear. So like in the short term, you need a lot of, talent aside, nobody questions the talent. Right. He's still clearly got it. He's not even, I think he turns 30 next week. He would be an asset from a talent perspective, but he would need not just a lot of things, but he needs all of those things to go right for him to be able to actually be a contributor for Kansas City or for any team that matter. Like everything I just said can be applied to any team he joins because it's just, it's no joke joining a team midseason if you're fully healthy. Now try to do it while rehabbing from an ACL tear. It's just a matter of how they utilize him, Kayla. I mean, I just think that when you're like, again, Nick's probably right. I mean, I don't think he makes a difference for what their win total is at the end of the year, but I don't, I don't care about that. She's been a four straight AFC title games. I don't care about regular season win totals. They're going to be in the postseason. I care about going to another AFC title game, getting to another Super Bowl, and winning it. He was the difference for a team in doing exactly that last year. He'll be almost a full year recovered from it by the time the postseason starts, which is all I care about anyway. Do these rumors, and even if we do eventually pick him up, does that kind of do something to the confidence of the rest of the wide receivers? And how much of an emphasis should we be putting on improving uh, the wide receiver room? I don't know. I mean, look, if, if you don't think competition exists in the NFL, then you're probably kind of foolish. And competition in that room is good because they got a lot of mediocre talent. Like MVS and McColl are mediocre. Juju's better than them, but he's not the number one, true number one wide receiver he was at some stage in his career either. If the the second biggest leader on the entire offense, Travis Kelsey, says on his podcast, he hopes that it comes true, then everyone else has to fall in line and shut up. That's just reality, man. I know he's not afraid of his job, so saying bringing another wide receiver doesn't threaten him. But again... It, you could have made that same argument. When they brought in Odell Beckham in for the Rams, They now they eventually lost Robert Woods. But at the time, they had Van Jefferson, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup, who was on historic pace at the time. And nobody batted an eye when Odell showed up. They were like, oh, no, what are we going to do? Timing ended up working well because they lost Robert Woods pretty much immediately after that to a season-long injury. But I don't think anybody in this unit should be upset if all of a sudden there's another guy to, to compete with. Sorry, that's the way the NFL works.
Yeah, if you're if you're bad mad about competition, then this pro- in the wrong sport. <laughs> well, you probably shouldn't be in any sport for that matter. Uh, this probably just isn't the profession for you. But uh, to the question as to whether or not the Chiefs should be making this a priority, it depends. Because if this means, let's just say, for example, if 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 going after a wide receiver means you're not going to be able to significantly add to your pass rush or potentially your secondary then I don't know, maybe that does make me a little bit uneasy. The flip side is, how many teams get better at pass rush or secondary midseason? The answer, very, very. not very often, which is why, like, and, and the same can be said for receivers. There's a reason why receivers are amongst the highest paid players in the NFL. It's because you can't just plug and play them. That's not how it works. Like There, there are elite level guys for a reason, and the Chiefs don't have that. Now, I don't think Odell is that, but even if it makes you marginally better, if there is a 5% chance of this guy returning to the form we saw at the tail end of last season with the Rams, then you do it because that is, that is the position that the chiefs are in. That's the position. The bills are in the Rams, the Ravens. It's an arms race. It is amass as much talent as you possibly can to maximize your well, opportunity it- to get another Lombardi. And it doesn't impact any of your future planning. You pay $4 million. Maybe you got to borrow a little against next year's cap. This does not negatively impact any long-term plan. It just doesn't. Some plans can, right? If you go make a big move, let's say you want Brian Burns. You're dead set. Brian Burns from Carolina. That's the guy you want the Chiefs to go spend. Okay, well, it impacts him a couple of ways. Takes away maybe a first-round pick or second-round pick for next year. It takes away a $100 million contract that they're going to have to give him after next season in order to be there for him. Same with an elite corner. So unless you're going to go regular old vet, you're still going to have to give up draft assets. Odell Beckham, you don't have to do it. He's just there. He's free. Free is very appealing at that point. So I know as much as, yeah, if, I, if you could promise me to get Aaron Donald or some other defensive lineman that I, you like or Burns, then yeah, I'd probably say yeah. But I mean, Odell is plausible. The only other wide receiver that's been traded this year is Robbie Anderson, and he got himself kicked off his own team. So, like, I don't know that there are that many receivers available if you want one. All right, we're going to move on to something along the same lines, and that is, should we already be giving up on the Chiefs having a deep passing game? Mahomes talked a lot about it, uh, how much this offense is constantly forced to evolve, and six weeks in, we're barely even trying it. I'll admit, I, like, I was surprised to learn that the Chiefs have the third most uh, 25 plus yard gains in the NFL this year. That felt really high, uh, but it's not because they're throwing it deep. I mean, just look at the, look at the spray chart. Mahomes, the last two games, isn't even trying to throw it deep, which again is something that we have been asking for. We've said, Hey man, take what's in front of you and take what the defense gives you. And we can make that work. And this is the way to operate. But I still want some sort of deep passing game because I think everybody just simply cuts to the, if they could run the ball, they could throw deep. And I'm like, do you ever think that if they could throw deep, they could run the ball? Like, I know that sounds stupid, but this is a two-way street. Threaten them over the top. Don't let them just sit back there in, in the general area of where you want to run the ball. Force them to think about you differently. But teams are still essentially playing them no deep balls. And I, I feel like that's not going to change all season because they don't have the guy that can just beat it no matter what. Yeah, that's kind of like what I was just saying in the last conversation about receivers not being plug and play. There's a reason why 
the Chiefs have been like the face of big explosive plays downfield. There's a reason why Joe Burrow leads the league in 60-yard touchdown passes over the last two years. because of Jamar Chase. It's not just because Joe Burrow possesses this unique skill that nobody else in the league has. It's because he has a guy who is better at making those plays than anybody else at his position. Same thing with Mahomes. Like, there's a lot of quarterbacks who have the arm to throw at 50, 60 yards downfield, but they don't all have guys who are going to be able to consistently beat cornerbacks or beat double teams, right? Like you had with Tyreek Hill. So like Mahomes still has that, but I don't think he has the guy who is going to be able to consistently you know, beat it. They'll be, they'll be there. They'll be there occasionally, but it's not something how it used to be where you mm-hmm. could sort of expect those hey. shots to be taken every week. But we still thought that they would take deep shots, right? Because we we all like quote tweeted that graphic from the offseason that showed that MVS since Mahomes entered the league has like the seventh most 50 plus yard touchdowns and McCole Hardman had like the eighth most. Yeah, Tyreek Hill was also on that list, but I guess they still kept deep play wide receivers in their offense. I thought it would be more than this. I'm not again, they're the number one scoring offense in the NFL. And you know what else we could probably bring up about this? The offensive line. Maybe they just don't have time. Maybe it has nothing to do with the running backs or the fact that wide receivers can't get open. Maybe, Nick, they don't have time to let MVS run 50 yards down the field because he's getting killed every time he steps back there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I that's mean, part of it too, right? You've got an offensive line that you don't trust. I was just going to say, I feel like we have seen attempts. They just either haven't been caught or there's been penalties or they just don't look as cool without Tyreek doing them. <laughs> you know what? And that- I... I know we're not supposed to talk about him anymore, but no one can do that like he can. No, that that is probably Kaylee. Your point about Tyreek is a really interesting one because, like anybody who like texts into our show or these things, that is one of the major complaints I feel from Chiefs fans is they're too slow at wide receiver. Man, look how slow they are, and I'm like, I don't know how to break this to you. They're not slow. Um, <laughs> they're just not Tyreek. We just got there's spoiled. a there's a decided difference. MVS is decidedly fast. He is a fast human being, as is McCole Hardman, faster than most other NFL players. Yeah, Juju's not the fastest wide receiver, so maybe that's the difference you're seeing. But there is a certain level of spoil because you're like, hey, man, how come you don't catch the ball in the middle of the field and then just outrun nine Buffalo Bills defenders while throwing up the peace sign? I'm like, because no one does that. That was that one guy, and he left. Tyreek. But like, what I'm so... Like the reason why I don't really care is because, well, first, you can just look at the results. This is still the number one scoring team in the NFL. Mahomes is still second in the NFL and passes over 20 yards behind Josh Allen. The difference is Josh Allen is doing it the way that Josh Allen always does it, which is like last year when we saw offenses sort of try to adjust to this, the new way that teams were coming at these explosive offenses. Josh Allen just said, I'll just throw it 70 yards. I was throwing it 50 now I'll throw it 70. So unless you're going to go put two guys on the goal line, I'm going to keep chucking it up to Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs and, and dare you guys to give me even more cushion. Whereas Mahomes and Andy Reid have said, no, we're just going to kill you underneath. We are going to scheme the hell out of you. We are going to trust that Patrick Mahomes is going to find the open guy. And we think our guys catching the ball while not the speedsters to burn you 60 yards downfield, they're going to be able to take a catch seven yards past the line of scrimmage and turn it upfield for a big game, either with their speed in the case of MVS and McCole Hardman or their physicality like Juju. So I would rather have the big plays downfield. They, they're, they're more fun. They look more explosive. But at this point, 
we're seven weeks in, and I still don't think this offense is in its final form. If you're still getting the results in a different way, doesn't it all kind of come out clean in the end? Probably, but I just worry, Nick, that it just you don't think it's what happened. Yeah, yeah, that they'll just pack them further and further in, right? And maybe that's what the Chiefs are playing. the The long game could be real here. Yeah, where, do it. Teams right? are still playing two deep safeties, and then for the one moment that they're finally like, "All right, we're sick of getting killed underneath. We're bringing our safeties up where normal safeties play, not against Mahomes." I guess I I still think he'll probably throw it deep, but you know I want to make sure that that's still part of their game at some point. All right, it is now time for a reoccurring segment we have here on the podcast on Fridays. Is it game balls and that is, or who's one? <laughs> you're getting ahead of yourself, Cody. That's the Monday oh, podcast. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, you're right. Um, and that is who has to have it. Who's got to have a big game? Who are we looking at to stand out? I think there are several choices, especially against a team that can play this way. But I think it's probably, this is going to sound silly, but Frank Clark, mm-hmm. he doesn't have a lot of skill sets that everyone feels super good about right now. But if there's one thing Frank Clark has been consistently good at, it is stopping the run. And that is what the 49ers are going to try to run. They're going to try to shove it down your throat in this game. They run it. They run those stretch plays. That makes it tough for George Karloftis to always do that. This would be his first NFL game experiencing a rushing offense of that magnitude. They will try to give them the ball so many different times tonight that I genuinely think that he is a, or or not tonight, but Sunday. I genuinely think that Frank Clark is a very important player for this. I know it'd be easy to switch over to Willie Gay or Nick Bolton at that next level, but I think it's going to start with those edge guys because that's where the 49ers really get off and rolling. I feel like I'm going to answer Orlando Brown Jr. in this question every single week until he starts looking like the Orlando Brown Jr. we thought we were getting. Yep. I'm just going to, I'm giving up. I'm, I'm copping out. You're just, you're just taking him every week? <laughs> yep. yep. Because you know why? Here, I've, I've thought this through. I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. Do you guys remember in the offseason when Orlando Brown Jr. asked for a contract extension that would pay him upwards of $21, $22 million a year. Do you guys remember talking about that? I, I do remember that. Yes. Sounds familiar. Yeah, that's a lot of money by that's a lot of money money by most standards, but every NFL player is making a lot of money. Even by NFL standards, that's a lot of money. He is effectively asking to be paid as one of the highest paid non-quarterbacks in the NFL. And I feel like we talk about it a lot, but then sometimes we get tired of talking about it. So you're like, I don't want to just talk about Orlando Brown Jr. every single week. Well, when you're asking to be one of the richest men in the NFL, I feel like it's okay to continually bring that up. I, like, it feels like yeah. we're almost accepting when he's okay now. We're like, oh, he wasn't bad. Do you see that, see that one guy? See that on that one play where he, he pancaked that guy? So that's a sign. That's great. I, I'm, I'm fine with baby steps for Orlando Brown Jr., but this is something I'm going to monitor week in and week out for a guy who the Chiefs are potentially going to hand a this, boatload of money to in the offseason. You know what? I got to be honest. I already thought it was dead when they didn't get an extension done. If he's going to play like this, what percentage chance am I putting in Orlando Brown being their left tackle next year? It's got to be low, right? It feels yeah. like they'd be smarter to spend that money on Chris Jones. Like right now, given the choice. Because Chris Jones was kind of in a contract year too, because they owe him like $28 million next year. If you were going to pay someone 
million, like twenty plus million dollars on a new contract. I would be mad at the Chiefs if they chose to give that money to Orlando Brown Jr. instead of just extending Chris Jones. Because one guy has proven time in and time out, he's a dominant player. What about age? How much does that factor in? Chris Jones is 28. Close enough. Yeah, 29. Like that, that to me is not so old that he can't still keep being good. And he got paid once, Nick, and it didn't stop him from being a really good player, right? Like, I'm with I, you. I'm with you. I'm just playing devil's advocate because that's the kind of thing that the, the Chiefs are going to weigh. And we've seen age be a big factor in their decision making. He's, with- he's never given big money to anybody over 29. Mm-hmm. Right. But still, wouldn't that the guy like if you're going to do it for it isn't a guy who is at least going to end up on a Hall of Fame ballot, maybe Chris Jones won't get in the Hall of Fame. Maybe he won't have the sacks, but he'll end up on a ballot like somebody will have to decide whether to vote for him. I know that I feel pretty confident about that, but I don't know. I just feel like the money's better spent there. Orlando Brown Jr. is a good answer because I don't know. I don't know. My my your your answer of that probably depends on if Bosa plays for me. Because if it's not that, you can't hold up against them. Then I'm terrified of what this offensive line is the rest of the year, Nick. What's your answer, Kayla? So glad you asked. Um, I realize I'm going to contradict myself here. After the last episode, we said we want to see more Pacheco. But mine is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Oh. Uh, his biggest game production-wise came against the Bucks, followed Bucks. by the Chargers. Um, I know he said he's got to work on getting to the outside. For the love of God, stop sending him at the middle. I just want to see more from him. He can, he's, you know, he's kind of built like Tyreek. Like he can turn on the Jets when he needs to. Um, I just want to see more from him. I, I'm pegging him to get his third touchdown of the season on Sunday. Um, so yeah, I want to see a big game out of Clyde. Even though we also said we want to see more out of Pacheco. How about more out of both? Can we have that? There we go. go. I like that. It does feel like this game could be a rock fight. I mean, feels like Shanahan, Andy Reid running game. You know, it feels like this game ends somewhere in the 20s. But every time I think that for the Chiefs this year, there's only been a couple of times where I really thought it was going to be that. And instead, it was a ton of points. And when I think there's going to be a ton of points, there aren't. So I don't feel like I got a good read on when the Chiefs are going to go off yet. I hope you're right. Pacheco and Clyde going off together would almost guarantee a win. Something else I thought about, it's a shame he went to LSU because we could say roll Clyde. Oh, <laughs> when he does, when he starts cooking, but that as an LSU fan would hate that. That is a bit of a dad joke, Kayla. I'm not <laughs> shaming you for it. We like, we support roll Clyde. We support, we support dad all jokes. dad jokes. I just wish he went to Bama. That's good. And, and as the, I mean, the two of us are not, Cody's the only dad in the room and, <laughs> I don't see. I mean, did, did, did that, do you approve that joke, Cody? I, I thought it was good. Very solid dad joke. Look, I was maximum dad. When this podcast started, you guys probably didn't see it, but one of those, one of that piece of candy pumpkin hit me in the head while we were recording. Wow. I had to just pretend like it didn't happen. That's what it takes. Rise above Play, it. Play Rise through. above. Wow. Flu game. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what are you going to do, right? Sometimes, uh, sometimes kids require more. All right, we're going to move on. Who, you guys, was our first third MVP for the Chiefs, and who does it need to be for the next two-thirds of the season, and you can't say Mahomes? Okay. I see. I Cody's like rule's not mine. This is Cody, a Cody trick, by Cody's the way. Cody's rule's not mine. Cody does this, where he will <laughs> question to you, and then as he's asking the question, you're like, oh, I already know who I'm going to say. And then I'll say, but you can't say this guy. And that 
thing that you can't say is always the thing that you were going to say. So we basically, you're asking who our second most Yes. Well, I, I, I like to test you. You know what? I don't want you to just give the easy answer. This all stems, Caleb, because our show on Wednesday, <laughs> I had asked them when, or on Thursday, when the weather turns, it's fall and the weather turns, what is the food that you definitively start making then versus another time of year? What would your answer have been, Kayla, if I had not given any stipulations? Probably chili or soup. Yeah, so I said no chili. <laughs> now, maybe maybe that's too strong, but I thought that was the only Stop. answer we were going to okay. find. I wanted other answers. I said chicken and dumplings. I wanted other answers. Nick also really likes making this green chili he makes. I wanted a different answer. I didn't want the same one. What, what other answer is there? Right, but that's the that's my point, Kayla. Is that if it's the right answer, it's the right answer. Let's not go down. Let's not go down the road. <laughs> best answers. Let's get to the root of the of the question. Fine. Is Mahomes your third season MVP? <laughs> well, I wasn't allowed to pick it, so I'm going with the second obvious, and that's Kelsey. Forty-one receptions for 455 yards, seven touchdowns, four of which, as we know, came in one game against the Raiders. He's breaking. It feels like a different record every game. At the moment, he is the glue holding this receiving court together. And a close second is Nick Bolton. I, I don't think Nick Bolton's a crazy answer. He, talk about like the, the only defensive player outside of Chris Jones you can count on every single snap, it's him. But I, I'm going to give the answer of Chris Jones because this is the same conversation as last year. What the hell would their pass rush be without him? Yeah. Like, I mean, we might have problems. Like, they got the 20, they're giving up the... 20, you know, I don't know, seventh most points right now in the NFL. I don't want to imagine what it would be like if during that time, Chris Jones also wasn't doing stuff. That's terrifying. Like they have needed him very badly on defense. I do think this defense is going to get better. I think there's a lot of room for growth. I don't always say that about teams. I often think that sometimes they just kind of are who they are after this point of the season, at least to a point, right? There's wiggle room, but I think there's real growth left inside this defense. But without Chris Jones, they don't have a defense. They'd be starting three rookie corners, two inexperienced linebackers, even though Nick Bolton's been great, and two safeties who had never played together. So they And Frank Clark, who's got no sacks, and Carl Loftus, who has a half a sack. So they need Chris Jones. I think he's been their most important player. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to play. I'm not answering. I'm not ah, answering this question. Just answer Mahomes and tell us why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick's boycotting? Well, no, I'm not boycotting because... Mahomes, Chris <laughs> Jones, and Travis Kelsey. Who else is there? They're not just the top three. They're the only three acceptable answers. Anything else is like, I'm trying too hard and I'm trying to get cute and say, well, what about this guy? Like, what about Harrison Bucker? Look at what he did when he came. No, it is those three guys and everybody else. And, and what is so fascinating about that to me is that as the Chiefs prepare for the Niners, who they haven't played since they beat them in the Super Bowl. And you look at this roster, which has turned over so much since that game. There are three familiar faces still on that team. Yeah, there's McColl. Yeah, there's Harrison Bucker. But there are three faces that are at the nucleus of who the Chiefs are. And who are they? Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. Like a lot of things change, but a lot of things stay the same. And I look at this team now, I'm like, you haven't played the Niners in two years? I'm like, oh, wow, there's a lot of guys who, who aren't on this team anymore. But the three best players are still the three best players. You brought in a lot of new pieces around them, but the core of this team is still the same, and they are all still playing at such an incredible 
incredibly high level. Like they're all three absolutely dominating at their positions. For the who has to be it for the second two thirds, Nick, I'm going to steal from your who has to have it because I think it's Orlando Brown. I think we know the play we're getting out of Mahomes, Kelsey, and Chris Jones. I know what I'm getting out of them. They have got to get better on the offensive line. It's that, you know, it's this offense and defensive line, but they, they've got to be better there. And everyone else in the middle is doing a fine job. It's not perfect. Trey Smith struggled through injury. Creed Humphrey ranks as the fifth highest rated pro football focused lineman in the entire NFL. So we're good there. Tooney's been battling injury a little bit, but he's solid. And I can't be like, you know, my second two thirds of the season MVP should be Andrew Wiley. No, 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 no. It's Orlando Brown Jr. Like if I'm not choosing somebody on the defense to take a huge leap forward for them or saying like maybe you got to count big on Trent McDuffie, which I don't think could be insane, or Carl Loftus to step forward like we talked about in previous episodes, then it's Orlando Brown Jr. Get a lot better in the next two thirds of this season so that <laughs> anything to say. Get a lot better. Like in any in any walk of life, if you ever yeah. said that to somebody, don't just like get better. Get a lot better and quickly. Yeah. Do better. <laughs> Figure it out. But he on. wasn't this bad last year. He was this bad for like the first four games last year. But I don't know. I watched that away like, oh, you know, new scheme. Tough to get to new, new friends in a new city and a whole new offensive line. Now it's, hey, man, you're playing with all the same people. And you asked for like a Brinks truck full of money to be backed up <laughs> into your garage. So if you'd like that big pile of Scrooge McDuck cash of then you probably should do something about it. So like to the second two thirds for me, it's him. I feel like there's so many people I could say. Um, there are a lot of players. That have to I, play <laughs> I think I'm just, first, and it's a beauty of the first question we answered was there was only three names that were acceptable, which leaves open the rest of the roster. <laughs> <laughs> Great point. I'm still really, really wanting um, someone to, which I know Probably isn't possible. Phil Tyreek shoes. So I'm going to go Juju. I'm not giving up on Juju. Despite what happens with Odell Beckham Jr. I want him to just start making insane plays and scoring more touchdowns and being the wide receiver. We hope he can be. That's fair. And that's honestly, like, I feel like those are the, <laughs> this one's not maybe as obvious as the first one, but those are probably the first two on the top of my list, but right there with them in a player who has been good hasn't wowed anybody is Justin Reed because going back to, I think the first episode, yeah. the first episode we did of this podcast, we were talking about kind of the chiefs presenting him as the new leader of that defense with the departure of Tyron. Mm -hmm. You give this guy a contract. He's young. I think he's 26 years old. He hadn't been a pro bowler, but they sort of like we're, we're doing a lot of promotional stuff on on the YouTube channel and on Instagram and Twitter. And there's a lot of stuff about Justin Reed. Like, hey, check this guy out. You're going to want to know this guy's name. And he's been good. I mean, he made a couple like his open yeah. field tackling like is, is really, really solid. He hasn't been a guy where you've ever looked at and said, oh, man, what were you doing there? But he also hasn't been a guy who was like single handedly dominated the game. And I don't think he needs to be that. But what he has to continue to be for what we're learning is going to be a really, really, really young and a really up and down secondary is he's got to be the leader. He has to be the glue that sort of holds that defense and holds that secondary together. Because I'll be honest with you guys, I'm not I'm not real bullish on, on this past defense. Like even with the return of Trent McDuffie, I see a lot of rookies. 
see a lot of rookies getting snaps, and we know what NFL quarterbacks do to rookie cornerbacks. You need, need someone you need to get that veteran presence in that secondary to kind of hold everything together. And it's so true because there was so much hype when we got him over the summer, and we haven't talked much about him since. Which can be a good thing in a, in a way. Yeah. Like we're not talking about him getting torched. We're not talking yeah. about him the way we used to talk about Dan Sorensen. <laughs> also true. Are we ready for game predictions? Is it time? I think so. Okay, guys, let's get to it. Who wants to go first? God, I don't remember who went first last time. It's a lot of, I'll go first this time. It's fine. And then somebody else can go first, <laughs> go first next time. Every time it's a nice rhythm. Well, I guess, but you know, I like to hear what other people have to say sometimes so that I can, you know, not look stupid in case everybody <laughs> thinks that I'm crazy. Don't be reactionary, Cody. Just go. Um, <laughs> well, I think they're going to win. Um, I think that they're better than the 49ers. I think the 49ers, the Chiefs are finally starting to kind of get back to a little bit of relative health. The 49ers are still in the middle of really being banged up. And while this game is on the road, the Chiefs have won 13 straight games against NFC teams. As wild as that stat is, they straight up don't lose to NFC teams and they're better than this one. So I think it's more of a rock fight. I do think the game's close, but I'll take the Chiefs 27-21. Okay. I think Kyle Shanahan in this offense is per- like the Chiefs are the perfect defense for them to go up against. They're going to say, hey, we've got big physical receivers. We've got a quarterback who likes to get the ball out quick, short passing game. We're going to make you cover and we're going to make you make tackles. And aside from Nick Bolton and Aaron and, uh, and Justin Reed, you got a lot of guys on this team that struggle in those regards. So I agree with what Cody said. I think this is going to be a, an ugly game. Vegas has it as a two and a half. Is that Stop right? Yeah. Two and a half, three and a half. Yeah. Depending on where you, I think looking. that's just a respect for the Niners who have just sort of quietly been, a really consistent team, even despite all the fluctuations at quarterback over the last four years. So I'm with Cody. I'm thinking maybe a little bit lower scoring. So I will say 23 to 18, the Chiefs win. Well, I'm going to be the overly optimistic. That's what you're here for. I on my team. Someone's got to be there. <laughs> um, yeah, first of all, I thought the spread was super disrespectful. Two and a half, yeah. three and a half? Are you kidding me? Well, it's it's injury dependent too, I would imagine. Because if all if if some of these guys that are limited participants for the Niners don't like if Nick Bosa doesn't end up playing, that's a, obviously a, a huge swing in the Chiefs' direction. Right. Yes, as you mentioned, this team is banged up, especially on defense. And guys, let's not forget they lost to the Bears and the Broncos. Also last weekend. The 49ers were shut out in the second half. They gained only 50 yards on the ground. Garoppolo had a rough outing. He threw his second and third interception of the season. I know you could argue we lost to the Colts, so how much better are we? But uh, especially coming off the loss to the Bills, I think we're going to get crazy look in his eyes, Patrick Mahomes, and I think he's just going to go off. So I have Chiefs 30, 49ers 20. We're We're averaging 29. They're averaging 20. It's not crazy. One of yeah. us should have predicted the exact final score of the Super Bowl. That would have been way more. Oh, oh, yeah. What's-, what's, so, what's so weird is you mentioned that they lost to the Broncos. They lost to the Broncos by giving up two touchdowns. Like that, and, <laughs> and that, that was enough for the Broncos to beat the Niners. Some of these That's games, great. I don't even like looking at games like that because I look at those games and I'm like, oh, this team sucks. Like the Chiefs are going to, 
uh, you know, pound them. But then you realize like, wait a minute, you look at some of their numbers and you say, this is like a really good defense. They're incredible against the run. You've got Kyle Shanahan. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I just think there's part of me and this is weird. But part Maybe it's just the Super Bowl that expects the Niners to just sort of be a competent football team. Even if they're not the most talented, I just like I kind of expect them to play well. I don't right. think it's well, insane to think that about them because they are a good football team, Nick. They do have one of the best defenses in the NFL, which the Chiefs apparently have to face every single week. <laughs> Can we not just catch a break at least once? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to do it for us on this Red Friday. By the way, I'm the only one wearing red. Guys. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm wearing blue. Sorry. Uh, I had the hoodie no. on. I had it last Friday. Cody, you're not pull, pulling your end of the bargain here, man. That's fine. We're taking turns. I think I wore black last time. <laughs> you, got right. like, you got like the Letterman jacket, too. <gasps> Thank you, Wear by EA. They sent it to me. I'm obsessed. Shameless Thank you. Plug. Thank you for <laughs> you're sending Kayla free stuff. Presumably free because they said that you sent it to you. Yes. Big fans of Wear by EA. Gals, go get your wear. All right. Thank you guys for listening to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. As always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. That is Nick Schwartz. He is Cody Tapp. I'm Kayla Canaram, and we will be back with you all on Monday for live game reaction and much more. Have a great weekend, everybody.